0: Hello and welcome to Seducing Aliveness. We're so happy to have you here for show number 96, The Expansive Nature of Living Kindness. I'm Jen Halterman and this is Tamara Yonker. Hi, Tamara.
1: Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday.
0: Yeah. Happy Monday for sure. And talking about kindness today seems somehow um, orchestrated beyond the knowledge that's initially Brought up, hey, let's talk about kindness. So, wherever you are in the world today, whatever it is that you have um, experienced over the weekend, we hope this is a gentle invitation for you if you're listening live and also in the future. So, welcome to Kindness Day.
1: (laughs) Mm. Mm. That sounds lovely. (laughs) I think I'll participate. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Feels (laughs)
0: Feels good. Ah,
1: <laughs> uh, kind of hmm. interesting thing, kindness. I um, I posted something on Facebook <clears throat> last week that got a lot of response, and what it was was a simple sentence that says, uh, "It doesn't occur to truly happy people to be unkind." Um. Mm-hmm. I suppose I should uh, preface that with, it has been my experience, (laughs) and, and,
0: um,
1: you know, that's true for me, like, I, I, it's not, it's not something I'm necessarily, you know, up for debate in my reality, right, like, I, I just share stuff that is true for me, and, um, you know it brought up it brought up some discussions people agreeing, disagreeing whatever sharing their points of view. that's one of the things I love about Facebook having that open forum actually and to me uh all all choices are viable, all points of view, whatever everything's welcome. We don't have to agree to um you know I'm not gonna like dis unfriend people or or delete their comments or whatever if they don't agree um, but one of the things that came up was that uh you know. It's like there's these points of view about what's kind and what's not kind, and this and that. And I said, I said, well, one of the things that I'm aware of is that kindness is an energy that exists independent of anyone's point of view, point of view about it. So much like the sun exists, whether or not you have a point of view about it, or what your point of view about it is, whether you like it or don't like it, or or what your preference preferences relative to it, it still exists, and it still does something in the it it exists and it does something in the world it actually is life-giving and it it, you know provides solar energy and it heats and things like that so to me someone who's uh, played with energy for a long time kindness is the same thing it's an energy that exists now certainly people can look at another person's behavior and they can say oh that was kind thank you for your kind you know action or that was unkind or whatever and that's tr- that's all you know. You can certainly people's points of view or They're entitled to their points of view about what they have interpreted, or um, um, you know, their their filters about uh, their de- definitions. We talked about definitions of what kinder is unkind, and and to me, I'm like, okay, that's all that's all true too, right? Like people's points. of ver- Everyone's entitled to their own point of view. That's all true too, and yet that doesn't have anything to do with this energy of kindness that I'm talking about, that I'm aware of, that is true for me. And um, so when I made that statement on my Facebook page, it doesn't occur to somebody who's truly happy to be unkind. The way that I see that is that when there's a certain energy present, like play, like kindness, like happiness and you know happiness is i've other people have had debates on their facebook page about what's happy <laughs> and i'm like well i'm just <laughs> looking at the energy of something and i'm using a word that i'm trying you know words become really clunky in the realm of energy because of people's thinking about the thing and their points of view about the thing but in that space judgment doesn't exist like, you can look at the energy right. of judgment and you can look at the energy of kindness and you can say, when there's kindness, judgment doesn't exist. Jeez. And there's there are certain things that literally don't exist in the same space. So when somebody's truly happy, and what I mean by that is there's a, a presence of um, uh, well-being in the absence of judgment and there's a sense of um, God. See, it, like this is this is tough when you start trying to apply words to energy. It gets tricky. Right. Um, but it literally, literally, when I look at the energy of it, it literally doesn't occur to be unkind because anything that would be the stimulus for the unkindness doesn't exist in the space of kindness it's absent of it uh, of happiness like a truly happy person somebody who's not you know like thinking worrying i mean we did so many weeks of shows leading up to what we're starting with this week um Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that gave people a greater sense of um what it is to live stripped of all your debris Hopefully, maybe, Mm -hmm. a little bit. (laughs) But when you don't have all that busy, maybe, when you don't have all that busy thinking about, you know, once upon a time, way back months ago, we talked about narcissism. And we talked about the self-consumed, self-injurious, injurious? injurious? I guess that's a word. Um, The way that we function when we're just constantly thinking about Uh, getting for ourselves and protecting ourselves and preserving things that have us feel safe and stuff like that. So it's like imagine that none of that exists. Like it's just not there. There's just no debris in that moment. It doesn't occur to a person to be unkind. It just doesn't, it just, there's no thought in there. There's no thought in there that would stimulate it. How am I doing with the, uh, the words there? <laughs> we'll be back. Be good. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Isn't it funny?
0: I was like, Oh my gosh, I love when this happens because it, I mean to myself and you, it, because it's almost like, uh, we are unable to find words that are adequate for what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I always really? giggle because I'm like, yeah, I know I've, I've done this so many times. So, um, I do. I hear you. And I also can hear or be aware of what's floating about in, okay, so how do we live this? Because it's really hard to describe the energy. So somebody could perceive the energy, not worry about putting words to it. Like, fuck the words. Who cares? Like, drop the words. Just drop the words. Now, how do I live that? And that, Mm. I think, is why the word living came into the description of this particular show as a must. Like, yeah. living kindness. Is, it was very specific for this show because kindness as an energy is lovely. Behavior that is kind is lovely. Awesome? Great. But the expansive nature of living kindness, being a walking embodiment of kindness, not because you act on it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Is This is about you in you and how expansive that that nature, that internal essence of kindness truly is when you are the embodiment of it living through a human being. That's what I think is separate from, well, just because you think it's kind doesn't mean I think it's kind, da, 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 and we can debate that. Right. This is not debatable.
1: Right. right. This is experience. <laughs> yeah. This is being. Yes. And and one of the things that occurs to me is that it's not measured by behavior. It's not measured mm-hmm. by what you do. Like someone can't look at you and say, oh, this is a kind person. That's not a kind person because of what you do. It's the byproduct, mm-hmm. I mean, in a sense, <clears throat> of what we've been talking about, this <clears> – <throat> I mean, the, the best way they can describe it is the absence of any debris. Now, do people walk around like that 24-7? Likely not. It's, it, can, it can be, uh, you know, like hours, moments, days, afternoons, whatever. Like, are you being that 24-7? Mm-hmm. Do you still get triggered? Most people still get triggered. Most, most people still have thinking going on in their heads, whatever. But there is an energy... <clears throat> that we can, it's almost like um, uh, attunement. That's the, that's the word that comes to me. There is an energy that exists, and, and I can attune myself, much like a tuning fork. It's like, imagine, the energy's there. It's a frequency. It exists. And once I, because uh, frankly, before 2012, didn't, help, didn't have a freaking clue what it was. Not a freaking clue. Hmm. It was completely foreign to me. And that's when I first, it was the summertime. I was not at home. I was traveling. I was facilitating in another country. And all of a sudden it was like, I think I discovered kindness. I think that's what it is. I'm not really sure. It's so foreign. I'm going to have to do a little more experimentation and exploration to find out what this really is. <laughs> but it was the byproduct of breaking up with judgment. In a sense, I'm not, I don't want it to sound like so easy, like, oh, hey, or you just do this, and then that happens. It's not, you know, the word that came up when you were talking was how. And I'm thinking to myself, again, way back to some shows we did a long time ago, that the how is more of a stop. It's more of like all the ways we're orienting, functioning, like we're, like we're doing all of this stuff for, we're compelled. Like there's this compelling uh, force through the, through the automatic default patterns of functioning that are all about safety and preservation and protection and things that we've been talking about, and it's almost like as we stop choosing that, like the, the, like, like there's this um, pattern interrupt, right? Like I, I come forward and I become present in my life enough so that I'm like, oh, look what I'm doing, and I'm going to choose to stop that now. So as I started doing that, Years ago, and I'm, in, I'm doing this pattern interrupt, and I'm getting in there, and I'm like, nope, not choosing that anymore, nope, not choosing that anymore, nope, I'm breaking up with judgment, no, nope. and I'm making a commitment, and every time that shows up, and stop, and stop, and stop, and stop, and stop, and then suddenly one day, it wasn't like I set out to discover what kindness was, I didn't know that I could do that, <clears throat> but suddenly one day, there was something that I became aware of that existed, and I was like, holy shit, I think I just found something new that's always been there. And then it became almost a desire to attune to that, like a tuning fork. It was like, there it is. What would it, what would it be required for me to attune to that and become it, be it in a sense, join it, be in communion with it, not be separate from it with all my debris. So the continued removal of debris by my choice was the by, like the byproduct of that was allowing me to know, oh, that's what this is, and then just be it, and not have mm-hmm. it be something that's measured by my actions. Oh, now she's being kind, now she's not, based on what she's doing. There's an energy that's present that I'm being. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> yeah. And and that is one of the things that I think is so interesting is so many people in a conclusionary society where it's, okay, now this is this, and then it's decided, and and, uh, there's very little tolerance for change. You know, there's been people that have said, oh, you think you're so enlightened, but I saw you, you know, get frustrated, so you're not enlightened (laughs) now. Ta-da.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) Because it's absolute one way or the other, yeah. you know. <laughs> yes,
0: such an absolute black and white, this or that. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. and I think that that's just what I, I notice. Okay, so for myself, when it comes to kindness, and when I, you know, really attune, I like that word, and I like that commune with, and be with, and embody, all of that. When I do that in myself, and I choose that, it is as if, you know what is tried to be portrayed through the practice of meditation just is what is taking place so a lot of people go to meditation to still their mind and to come to a place of alignment well that's what this is it's it's being in that place of alignment it's not you know you're not doing kindness for example a lot of people go out in the world, and they are not in communion with uh, with kindness. They are not aligned with kindness, but they are taking action on a shit ton of stuff that appears and falls in the category of kind. And they are playing hero, and they are, you know, they are savioring people. They are doing all kinds of stuff, and there's all kinds of attachment. Now, the action yeah. appears kind, but all of the attachments, bastardizes it so far from aligning with kindness that it is not kind and i think that that is where people get confused when we are living kindness when we are being kindness we are not in any way concerned with the judgment of our actions being concluded as kind that's not it There is a space of allowance, there is gentleness, there is, you know, curiosity and play and wonder and expansiveness and inviting and all of those things. So when I think about, you know, I've been in the presence of people who just had that vibration of kindness, who I felt completely safe, quote safe, to be me. I felt loved. I felt there's a gentle vibration in their energy. I, you know, wanted to almost like exhale because I I the energy that they brought with them was so kind. That that, that was my personal experience. Now, I'm not saying everybody experienced that, and I'm not saying it was a right experience because that's not what it's about because it is the absence of judgment. There was no conclusion Seeking needed. You know, I, I've i been in the conscious community for so long and been surrounded by people who seek conclusion so desperately. They are seeking a new prophet. They are seeking a different guru. They are seeking the way so desperately that when they have maybe an experience of kindness, that mythological mind, the fantasy-creating mind says, this must mean, oh, this is it. Now I know, you know, I'm sure that we have a past life connection. I'm sure we're destined to be, you know, soulmates or whatever the hell it is. And they go to that seeking proof and validation of what it is they felt. Mm -hmm. Because they themselves do not know how to be in the energy and that nature, that natural state of nature of the true essence of kindness. And I think that's why this is a hard thing for people to really, like, it
1: is difficult
0: to find words that really express the beingness of this.
1: Mm, mm. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, just taking it back to, again, what I posted on Facebook, um, you know, there were a couple people who were like, well, isn't kindness, you know, I don't know, whatever they said, there was some, there was some question as to uh, just a point of view. Isn't kindness just a point of view kind of thing? And I was like, well, that, that's, it actually is something that exists. Regardless of point of view, you know, like the sun exists, regardless of your preference for it or against it, or you like it, you know, like all of that stuff. And so, um, anyway, got into kind of a discussion around it, and I end up answering that, you know, there's a woman who was in- inquiring, and she said, "Well, what about this? What about this?" And and uh, so had a few um, uh, inquiries that I that I responded in words the best I could, and then finally she says. So, okay, then how do I, uh, you know, how do I do this? <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. I think my um, response was, ask to be shown the energy of it, of kindness, again and again and again and again and again and again and again until you know that you know with an absence of doubt. Mm-hmm. And the key, the key to that is that knowing that you know something with an absence of doubt doesn't happen through thinking it doesn't happen through thinking it's not something that you're running through your logical linear reasonable rational mind and you're like oh i've got it i understand it now it's not that i'm going to be very clear it is not that so when you were i mean because when you're when we're in the realm of thinking, and I'm going to now distinguish, and I have a little bit on the mm-hmm. show before, or maybe a lot, I don't know, <clears throat> I'm going to distinguish that there is a very there is a realm of thinking and there is a realm of energy. and they they're not they're not uh, exclusive of one another. They overlap, if you want to put it that way, like again, we're getting clunky with the words. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you're looking to define something, and we talked about breaking up a definition of ourselves, and you also have to look at the interpretive the interpretive meaning of things is is made up in the head with the mind so one person's kind can be another person's unkind so if you're in the meaning interpretive definition of things then it's arbitrary just like judgment it's arbitrary um in, in if we're not talking about it in the level of energy right okay so when you're looking for, uh, this is you, you mentioned uh, you know, the world of spirituality or whatever, I, whatever realm you're in, if you're looking for an answer, and an answer is often a definition, you're like, I'm looking for the person who's going to tell me exactly what kindness is, and so then I can know. And how are you going to know? Because you're going to measure it in some sort of evaluative way. That's an answer. That's not an energy. That satisfies. There's the, the mind seeks understanding constantly. Constantly, uh-huh. constant, constantly. Does the mic see, mind seek understanding? Because that's it's it's a safety thing. The mind's general job is to prevent is to seek out and prevent threat. Like, what, what you know seek out like it's it's literally like a little it's just a radar. it's like sitting there going where's the threat? Where's the threat? Where's the threat? Where's the threat? It's constantly <laughs> evaluating its, re, its, re, its environment to find the threat and yeah. protect you from it. And the thing is, one person's threat is not another other person's threat. Some people have a really high capacity for for risk and they would be like well, that's not a threat. I don't even know why you see that as a threat. And another person's like, oh my God, that's so scary, it's so threatening. So this is the thing about the mind. It's completely arbitrary, too. It's all based on your experience, your meanings, your interpretations, your definitions, your conclusions, your expectations, your judgments, all of that stuff. Your territory, your territory is completely different than anybody else's. And if you've gotten this far in life and you haven't seen that yet, I'm not sure how you couldn't. Because it really, like when you're interacting with people, you see – how miscommunications can happen, and all these things, because everybody's frickin' territory is different. The territory they're navigate, navigating is literally different. N- things mean different things to different people. So so that's that's one realm. And the realm that I'm talking about, this dis- the distinction is, you're not going to understand this with your mind, and that's why, you know, this woman who was asking all these questions i said keep asking to be shown the energy until the again and as many times as it takes until you know that you know that you know that you know with an absence of doubt it's one of those things that someone is going to they're not going to come along and say well actually i'm going to debate you about that and let's sit around let's look at what actually kindness is and we'll because we're going to look for some sort of measurement of it no mm-hmm. you're going to know this is the thing about knowing that is different from thinking You don't need to convince anybody else. It's not like, no, I'm going to get into debate with you because what I know about kindness is actually more right than what you know about kindness. And now we're going to sit here and talk about it. It's an energy that exists. In the same way that I can go out and lay on the grass and have an experience of what laying on the grass is like, um, I might describe it slightly differently, but it's laying on the grass. It's what that is um <clears throat> or if i stuck my hand in a bowl full of jello you know like i people might describe that slightly differently but there's there's something that exists ir- irrespective of my definition of it
0: uh-huh.
1: it's a di- yeah. it's a distinction it's a distinction between thinking which requires understanding to preserve and protect it safe for the purposes of safety versus having a just direct knowing, a direct experience of something that we can muddle through to try and describe, not define, but describe. Very different. Right.
0: Well, and it's so interesting because when we get to things like this and we're talking about an energy of, an energy of something that is living and yet, it cannot be contained within a description of something that is alive. When we talk about the energy, the presence of an energy within us, we can actually say there is something moving through me, and yet it is not able to be labeled because there is no Uh label. This is beyond words. This is beyond, uh, you know, even etymology or the dictionary or whatever it is this this is beyond that this is a state of being this is an energy it's a vibration and quite often the only thing that there is of this type of thing is a, is is an expression that we would think is an emotion but it's not like for example when i am overwhelmed over like my entire system is flooded with the energy of of a living, vibrant kindness, quite often the only expression of it is tears, and they are not mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. It, they are amazement. They are they are the overflowing of my body's expression that comes out in tears. That is the amazement of the experience, and that's it like I have no words. I got nothing for this. There is no definition mm-hmm. that I would give this to contain it in any way. Just overflowing. And quite often mm-hmm. that is my I the only way that I have, the only words I have is my cup my cup over, flow up. so you know, my my vessel, me, I am overflowing with the energy of this and that is all I've got. There's no definition mm-hmm. needed and I I actually kind of Experience, and this is just my experience, so I have no idea that anybody would even relate to this. But for me, I have zero attachment to anybody else getting what I just got. Like I don't want, I don't try, I don't need to. They don't need to prove to me that they know that uh, what I'm experiencing. They don't have to experience it. it. There is no proof needed, no validation needed ever because I am so fulfilled from within myself with the energy that I am content with myself, I am satisfied, I am fulfilled, and there is no external validation required.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, several of the people I've been talking with lately, clients and and so forth, is uh, what I call a, a, a certain degree of disillusionment um, with the way they were functioning. <laughs> it's like it's like they have, uh, and this has been—I would say this has been my experience and, and the experience of people that I've worked with, clients over the years. It happens slightly differently, but this is sort of roughly how it goes. Your experience, you're you're operating in a, a default pattern type of way, and then suddenly, it's seemingly suddenly, it's like you pop out of that, and all of a sudden, seemingly all of a sudden, you can see what previously was hidden in plain sight. You're just mm-hmm. you're like operating on default, 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 years, months, whatever, and then suddenly it's like you pop out of that, and you're like, oh my god. All of a sudden, I can see everything I couldn't see before that was in, hidden in plain sight. And for for the people I've been talking with recently, it's it's an awareness about um, how they were interacting with others based on what they were thinking about them. So they were interacting with someone, looking at someone's behavior, and 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 being thinking that they knew that person based on their behavior. And and that's true. You can certainly know a person to a degree based on their behavior, um, or what they say. You know, a lot of people like what they say. Some people say, well, "I don't listen to anyone what any says anymore. I'll listen to what, or pay attention to what people do." Yes, you can learn a lot about what people from people about what they say. You can learn a lot about what people from what they do. You can also learn um, from the energy, but that's the part that people don't. They don't, they don't trust themselves there, so they don't look there. That, that trusting how what they know about energy has been eroded because most people don't function that way. And so when you're raised, you're not raised to look at that or you're even raised to distrust that. So you don't look there because you don't trust that. And so as I work with people, this is one of the things that I absolutely work with every single client is to re- Turn them to that knowing of what they know about things. What do What do you know about this? I just this is one of the basic questions. What do you know about it? You know, it, it's it's about and there's a little bit of practice about getting people out of their heads about what they think about something versus what they know about it, and then to trust that. But this has been happening a lot lately in the realm of people I've been talking with, where they suddenly pop and they're like, "Oh my god, I." And I don't even know how to describe that experientially for them. I just know that suddenly they see people differently than they were seeing them before. And there was like, wow, I've and, – and this has to do with their conclusions and their judgments about people. Because, again, we've mentioned on the show, positive judgment is still a judgment. Positive judgment <laughs> is still cloaked in that uh, – you know, the cloak of invisibility – you only see that which matches your judgment. So if you have all these positive judgments about someone, if you're in conclusion about who someone is and your relationship to them and you know, their relationship to you and your role in their life, what I'm talking about is these people like literally popping out of that construct because that's what it is. Everything that's made up by thinking is like a scaffolding. It's a construct of your mythology. This is everything that makes up the mythology in your world. And they pop out mm-hmm. of it and suddenly they're like, Oh my God And there's a degree of disillusionment
0: <clears throat> yep. that
1: can either be that can either be felt quite severely and quite disturbing, you know, they could be really disturbed by that and they can be very disorienting and um destabilizing or it doesn't have to be, just you know, that's each person's personal experience. Um but it occurs, and, and that is kind of fun for me <laughs> when I'm working with people because mm-hmm. it's like, aha, now you're starting to see things as they are, in this case people, rather than through your mythology, and that is a game changer of magnitude. And now you're not measuring people based on their behavior, like, oh, this is a good person based on what they do. This is a kind person because of what they do. This is a blah, blah, blah person because of what they do. You have actually now can penetrate beyond this this evaluation based on behavior to the energy that someone is being. And the energy, you know, someone all day long – can do behavior that you that you're like, oh, they're so kind, they're so nice, their behavior is this and this and this and this. And I look at the energy of that person, I'm like, I'm getting a totally different read. And that does not that does not dismiss what they're doing. I'm not saying like mm-hmm. they're not doing the things they're doing and that can't be interpreted as kind or nice or whatever you're interpreting it as. But there's an energy that's present there that tells me a whole different story. Mm-hmm and now you're living yeah. now you're living into direct experience of something which is a completely different way of living living not thinking right. not experiencing life through thinking but direct experience of living in communion with life all around you totally different
0: mm-hmm. right well and it's so interesting you know i i have been a part of a lot of trainings and communities and that kind of thing where people really got locked in on the behavior that yeah. would prove they were doing something right. Okay. Yep. And I'm not going to lie. I'd like, yeah. uh, people I'm experiencing people in lockdown about trying to do it right. And, Okay, so we packed right and wrong, and now suddenly they think that there's a right way to do it, and this is counterintuitive, counterproductive of what it is we actually intended. And so we had a lot of conversations, and we really were like, okay, so what can we do? What can we let go of? And I, I did. I stepped in, and I said, I'm tired of focusing on anything that's broken. I want to start focusing on everything that seduces more aliveness. Because Jane, you and I both have discussed that, we got locked in, too. We did. We got locked in on, what. well, just tell me what I need to do to do it right, and I'll do it right. And that doesn't give you the actual experience of knowing what you know, that you cannot put words to what you know, so that you can be exactly what's true for you. And this conversation is so Boy, when you put your time and your energy and your focus and your actions through any filter that is attached to the outcome, it's not authentic. That's where you lose the authenticity of it. And so instead what it is is let's, let's drop all that. Like, what's the energy of it? And let that energy be present in everything, all the time, all the focus, all the attention, all of the actions. Let the energy be there. Because so many times when we get into outside the thinking side of things, the the actions that come from that focus are based on what we have judged as right or wrong. mm hmm and it puts us in distress, and it takes us out of alignment, and it puts us in shoulds and shouldn'ts, and we try not to, but we get locked in our head. And we're analyzing, and we're really concerned with if we're doing it right. And we're really concerned with judging and analyzing and thinking, are, am I conscious, am I not conscious? And I'm like, fuck that shit. I'm done. Stop. What would it take to request to be shown undeniably experience the energy of kindness i want to know the energy of living vibrant alive kindness within my being and have that be what every single doing and being and all of it that comes through me be through that that is my intention Mm -hmm. and when we do that all of that worrying all of that thinking is that is, it falls away. It no longer is required to be present for this, you know, activity, which is why this is a constant choosing into, a constant request, a constant, you know, state of alignment and communion with.
1: So that, yep.
0: because it, it is true, when you've got the energy of, you know, kindness, Judgment can't be in the same place at the same time, so it falls away. So just imagine, instead of trying to break up with judgment or focus on judgment or trying not to judge all the time, what if you just invoke kindness? Invoke it. Call it up from within you. Not practice it based on something you've decided would be kind. No. Internal first. First. We're going internal first. To call that up, that energy, to be in every cell of your being and then that be expressed through your living because that is what seduces more aliveness that is what is expansive because it has no container or definition yeah that's what i want more of every
1: everyone's going to find their own way <clears throat> mm-hmm. and and i think that um whatever whatever way you discover is fantastic <laughs> and 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 the thing that i think is poignant in all of this because again this comes back to like the hundreds and hundreds of clients that i've worked with is ha- having some degree of ability to distinguish when you're thinking mm-hmm. and when you're not and it's it's that's a weird thing to say for most people because they're like what if all you've ever done Is thinking How can you distinguish When you're thinking And you're not Well Frankly you can't <laughs> And this is where The invitation Comes in You actually Have to invite Into your Awareness When am I not Doing that Like like you gave A, a little earlier In the show You talked about Meditation And meditation Is something I did For what 20 years 10, 10, 10 years 10 years That's right Um <clears throat> rigorously like I started uh TM meditation and did that quite rigorously It was a very very big part of my life for 10 years and that didn't mean that I could take the energy into my life I was like that was that was sort of the um a bit of a disillusionment with meditation and maybe if I had kept meditating and kept meditating and kept meditating and kept meditating I don't know because I didn't I stopped um But the thing that I kept noticing was like, yeah, I can have the most expansive, rapturous, ecstatic communion in meditation or in nature. Because when I lived at Lake Tahoe, nature truly was my teacher. I would go out into the, I mean, nature was my cathedral. I just walk outside, sit on my deck, sit in my driveway, go out hiking. And that expansive, rapturous oneness was right there. Like, you know, but, but I kept it separate from the rest of my life. Which was such an interesting thing. Didn't know that you could or how to allow that energy to penetrate everything, every other area of my life. So, so in every other area of my life, I thought thinking was required. I didn't know how to, do, to, to. Literally, I didn't know how to do it any other way. I was like, "Wow, you got to think in order to do this." And da 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 da. So, so yes, there was meditation, and then that there was, you know, or or that expansive experience of being in oneness and communion with life, and then there was regular, quote unquote, regular day to day living, and then two never <laughs> really interre- intersected much, if ever. And so that was the thing that was the greatest gift. Fast forward many, many years, when um, the idea that judgment was the cornerstone and foundation of everything, and I was like, oh. That's the very thing that's absent in meditation or in that expansive, ecstatic space of communion. It's not there. But mm-hmm. this is like, we're talking not just days or weeks or months. This is years. To, not that it has to take anybody years. I'm not saying it has to take anybody years. But, to like, you know, it, this is a 20-year journey I'm talking about. and these And these moments of aha. And I was like, oh, my God, this is why there's this very separate distinction between that, my, that life of oneness and communion and this life of day-to-day living. I was like, oh, as long as judgment is present and as long as I'm thinking everything through the lens of judgment, then that other, other experience my, that was very real for me can't actually, it, it, it gets, you know, there's the fence. It can't cross the fence into my Mm day-to-day living got it okay got it all right got it like then i'm going to have (laughs) to make some new choices if i want to let that in to my day-to-day life If i want to let that permeate and come into my day-to-day life and one of the things that i had to begin to recognize for myself was to make that distinction of when i was thinking and when i was being because in that space of being judgment didn't exist didn't exist. That's what that's how I knew that you could choose that. Otherwise I don't think I would have known that I could have chosen that at that time. I was like, Oh, well, I have had that experience, so if I've had that experience over here, I guess I can bring it over you know, over there I can bring it over here. And then it was like, Well what holds all of that in place? What holds the scaffolding, scaffolding of this reality in place? It's, it's, it's all the thinking and the judgment and all the components of judgment, the expectation, the conclusion, the decision, all of this stuff. I was like, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. it in years of experimentation, in years of distinguishing what I was thinking and be like, right, okay, this thinking is just trying to serve to protect me. Is that what I want to choose anymore? No. Okay, gonna stop. Mm-hmm. The pattern yep. interrupt that I talk about the choice is your superpower to allow judgment to become obsolete judgment and everything it creates judgment and all its components and elements, the choice point, the pattern interrupt has, has occurred for me. I'm going to go ahead and say like, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times over the course of years and years and years and years. I never came to a, like one moment to change all moments. It would be like, Oh, now it's gone. It's a, it's a lifestyle, it's a way of being, it's a way of living in the world that I choose over and 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 again tomorrow and the next day 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 and, next day mm-hmm. day and so forth and so on. I, it's, right. it, and, then, and then that becomes what's more natural. Instead of living what was normal was the mythology for decades. That was normal for me. And in the choosing, something different, what's more natural now, is the absence of the mythology. Mm-hmm. Is the energies of kindness, the energies of happiness, these things that we can sort of attempt with words to describe but they sure as fuck can't be defined because they <laughs> exist, they exist beyond definition. They exist beyond definition. We can describe them and say, "Well, for me it kind of is like this." I've I've sat around. I've done this for years. Sit around with other people and be like, "Ooh, what's that energy?" Okay, let's describe it. What's it like for you? Well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think we got it. And and, and those the words we use may not be exact because we're not trying to define it. We're just kind of talking about it. We're just sort of describing it. Right. It exists beyond definition. Life, with a capital L, that's the way I like to talk about, exists beyond definition. I actually, I don't, I want to go to it. Like, I'm like, show me what you are. I I want to strip away all my mythology, all my debris, all my crap, everything that is thinking. I want you to show me what's true. I'm not going to define what's true through the thinking in my mind. I want you to show me. So show me the energy of kindness. Show me the energy of, you know, whatever. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's pioneering. It's pioneering the realm of energy, kind of mm-hmm. like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, and I appreciate you sharing and describing and and all of that because it is so different. I mean, I, you, what you said about meditation and how yeah, it was great. It was a practice you went to. It was a practice you did. And it did not cross the fence. It was nope. contained within the practice. I think that is such an awesome thing to share because so many people do that. Like, they live that practice. It's, you know, person A is in meditation. Person B is out here cooking dinner. And they're different, you know, because, because those things are not allowed to be in all. And this is an invitation for it to be an all. Now, here's the difference. Um, here's a, a little distinction for what it is that I'm referring to is, and what I hear you referring to also is, when I'm in the, the practice of judgment and I say, okay, show me how I'm operating, what I'm going to receive is more judgment, I'm going to receive more judgment. Show me me how I'm operating in the world. Well, if I'm in the practice of judgment, I'm going to receive more judgment, which will give me more to judge. Congratulations. I've done a good job of creating an endless loop. Show me how I'm operating. Show me how I'm operating. When we go to the absence of judgment when we say, show me kindness, you know, I really request it, invoke it, however you want to say it, and show me kindness, what happens is if you are embodying the energy of kindness, if you are in that experiencing and letting your thoughts not be there, trying to control it, you know, give it category, categories and actions that would prove it and all of that shit, and you're there, you'll notice when the clunk comes in. You'll notice the distinction. It's like if you're, you know, you if you're breathing the in, here in my local area we've got a thing called the salt cave and it's you're in this room with some purified air and you are surrounded by this these salt blocks that have been brought in from Poland and if you were in that space and say somebody walks in with a heavy, you know, dryer sheet in their hands and it that scent comes in you would know it instantaneously that it was there. You would recognize it. Where if I am in a state of judgment this air is clean, this air smells good, this air is clean, this air smells good. And that comes in. Now I have, now I smell a dryer sheet. Now I smell the softener. Now I smell that. And we are in judgment. If we are in kindness and something comes in that is unkind, we notice that, oh, I, there, something has changed. But we're not in the action, the behavior of judgment in our thoughts and definition. We need to label it. We just notice. That's it. There's just oh, there's something different. Something new is here, because we're not wrapped up in already that train of thought that goes to judgment. Which is why I would say you know really, just are you are you trying to break out of a, a habit of judgment with more judgment because you didn't know. That if you choose an energy of kindness, an energy of love, whatever word you want to choose, that actually automatically expels judgment from that space. That's a possibility. You could experiment with that and see if it changes things for you. Changes your experience. Yeah. I know for me personally, it changed my entire life.
1: If you're, if you're looking for judgment through the lens of judgment, you will certainly find it. Yes, absolutely. And if you change your target, like I, I know my experience became very different when I changed my target. I didn't know I was functioning from judgment. And so as I was um, looking to create change in my life, every time I found something that I deemed problematic, I just judged myself more. So uh, until I... Chose to to break up with judgment, since we've been using that language. Until I made that choice, every time I found something that was like, "Oh, here's," you know, it's it's like being aware of the choices and what the, your choices are creating. And so when I discovered something that was creating more of the same in my life, which was not what I wanted, I would just be like, "Oh," then I would use that as as a as a um a cause for more judgment. But when I finally was like, "Okay, enough of this judgment crap," I see how this is actually at the root of everything. Then mm-hmm. when I made that my target, you know, uh, allowance was my antidote. Allowance mm-hmm. was the thing that I used. Allowance was my target for um, breaking up with judgment. I was like,
0: I'm not
1: gonna, I'm not gonna continue to use judgment to judge myself. I'm actually gonna choose allowance because that was my antidote for me. Kindness, whatever you want to use. Um, and so as I chose more into the space of allowance, and I recognized that you know. Judgment doesn't allow anything to change, just locks in more of the same. And, and, and for me, allowance was the lubricant of change. And I was like, ah, okay, got it. Choosing more to be the energy of allowance. So when I discovered something in my world that was like, oh, this choice is just creating more of the same of what I'm not, cho- what I, you know, like this is what I'm choosing away from instead of, you know, going right into the energy of judgment, I had allowance to choose instead. And that was the game changer for me. I was like, oh, right, allowance. I'm choosing allowance now. So I didn't, I didn't automatically go into judgment because I chose a different energy. And I think that's the key. Pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> if you know that judgment is just going to create more of the same, pick something else. You've got to pick a different energy to choose to be, to play with, to explore with, to apply to your life this is literally the application of something different apply something different if i kept applying judgment i would just get more of the same so i chose to apply allowance and that changed everything for me because for me it was the lubricant of change when i'm in the space of allowance anything is changeable anything is changeable and there's you know, you might say, well, what's the difference between allowance and kindness? Well, a lot of them, you know, these energies have, they're, they're, they have similar properties, if you want to say that, similar qualities. Um, are they different? Slightly. Are they the same? A lot. <laughs> what works for you? You know what I mean? Like, don't get hung up on it. Just be like, this, applying this energy, love, kindness, allowance, caring, true caring, um mm-hmm. use it. You whatever it is, apply mm-hmm. it. It will create change. If you if it is absent of judgment, that's the critical key piece is that it, whatever it be, play, whatever, it be absent of judgment. Because if judgment is still present, you're still applying the same old um lenses. The same old lenses. The filter. And 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 you said something that I think bears repeating about about if you're looking to um, show everybody, like and yourself, a certain outcome, then that's that's there's there's an energy of demonstration and proving in that. Mm-hmm. Like like see everybody, I did this. You're trying to prove it to your friend. You're trying to prove it to your partner. You're trying to prove it to your boss. You're trying to prove it. You're trying to prove it to somebody. Then your filter is through thinking and demonstration and evaluation, not about energy anymore. And, and, and I think, you know, for me, this is why talking about the distinction of between, about so many of these things we've been talking about, is if you don't have the distinction, people, it's really easy to keep, to, to keep thinking your way and, and, and think you're changing things, and, but you're still in thinking. You're just thinking, thinking something different. No, I'm thinking something different, but I'm still in that evaluative quality. I'm still proving. I'm still demonstrating. I'm still doing. Mm-hmm. And this distinction this distinction is vital because I see people do it all the time. They're just fooling themselves into thinking they're functioning differently, right. but they're still thinking their way through it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right yeah it's very interesting um
0: i I had a conversation with somebody who was saying that when they quit being able to define that's when they knew that they had actually found a new way of being in the world. they couldn't define Beautiful. anything they couldn't and it was in it was just like oh i am i am new I am different, I am whatever because they couldn't reach back into their old go-to glossary of proof and definition and, you know, the evaluation they're just speaking of to to validate the change. Instead, they just were the change. They were being the change. And I think that that is one of the biggest things that is really, I don't know, it's just an invitation to me. I know that my wife recently, she went through a lot of, of awareness and had Quite a few experiences that every experience she would just realign and reorganize herself. And it wasn't anything that we could put to words. There's no definition. And yet, what was happening was she was doing things, actually taking action, that in the past would have required extensive thinking, extensive planning, extensive analyzing, and all kinds of validation once it was done or proof. And instead, she was just simply taking action, and they were done, and then she was moving on. And all of those attachments had literally fallen away. And that was when we actually started giggling at the change that had taken place, because there was no marking the change. She got done by the change. She was done by it. She didn't make it happen. There was no force. And, And... that was such a fun experience for us to go through and, and just witness because it was one of those things where we just look at each other and giggle because we didn't have words for it. We didn't have words. We could we could show the descriptors of what was different after the fact, but there was yeah. no way of tracking the path that led to different. Yeah. Because so much had fallen away, it was there was no. Vocabulary for yep. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's true. And and I countless times I've I've worked with clients, and that that's a little bit kind of was sort of describing earlier about like the popping out. In that moment, you, there is a very palpable recognition of change, and you're kind of like, but I don't know what. <laughs> And it's in the, then the in the living in the living that 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 then you can kind of look back almost in a way and say, "Oh, that was then, and this is now." But mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily happen in the moment that you can, you know. And sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Like none of this is absolute, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's it's like before I couldn't see my debris, right? I couldn't see it. It was in in the example that I was describing before. Oh, and I just noticed we have only a few minutes left in the show. Wow, another five minute show. Um, but you're in it, right? You're in your mythology. You're living it out as if it's real and true. And then something occurs, and then you're not anymore. And you're like, wow, everything is different. I mean, I still recognize you. I still do, like, I still get mm-hmm. in my car and drive places and whatever. But everything is different because I'm no longer living inside the illusion of my debris. Yep, I've popped out, and everything is different, and yet it's the same. I'm functioning different, which makes everything different in my experience.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so hmm, all that, (laughs) wrap it in a bow here. And this is one of those things, you know, when something is beyond words, when it is powerful or, or you know, energetic beyond words. It's really hysterical to try to do a show where we talk about it. <laughs> mm. So, you know, congratulations to us to take on the realm of beyond words for a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty funny that we would do that. And, I, you know, for the listeners... Just feel into it. What's the invitation you want to be? What's your target? What's your what's your word? It does not matter what it is. Just invite, you know, some awareness and what do you know beyond words? You know, ask for, ask, universe, show me. You know, give me an experience beyond words. I'd like to know what they're talking about. And then be open to whatever it is. And notice how quickly you try to go to words to describe it. <laughs> And that note we're gonna wrap up the show and we will be back tomorrow <laughs>
1: here on Seducing. Alignas. Talk to you later, guys. Bye bye. Thanks everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>